Okay, so I guess uh, we're recording? Okay, here we go. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where <laughs> bar great people... Great title. <laughs> Stuart's laughing. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... I did. It's it's been it's been a couple of weeks. I did forget. Okay, but I feel like it always sounds like I forget how to do it. Like <laughs> That's why I just write everything down. I just yeah. read off a script. And oh, I do the you? Yes, I do. Yeah, just I because I know I sound better when I'm scripted. Oh yeah, not me. I sound like I don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna try again, but we don't have to take that out. It's it's gold. It's all gold. Um, welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I'm your host and the owner. And I'm here with Mike Vanderbilt. Um, thank you so much oh, for meeting me. My pleasure. Um, we have just met for the first yeah. time. We barely <laughs> know anything lobby. about this, each other. This We're is in, usually how yeah. I meet people for the first time. <laughs> We're in a hotel lobby. Um, and I think this is the most I have not known somebody. <laughs> for the show? This for the be, show. This is going to be so fun. Then. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I know nothing about really you. I'm assuming you know nothing about me. We're at the uh, Lowe's. Chicago Hotel Lobby. We're drinking cans of LaCroix. Cheers. Cheers. Um, Cheers because to LaCroix. we picked a time of day where they don't even have a Starbucks open. Could have gone over to the Whole Foods uh, bar. I know the bartender over there. There's a there. bar at the Whole there Foods? There's a bar in the Whole Foods. Wow. I, I, I just realized as I was watching, mm-hmm. oh, well, right by the Whole Foods where uh, Riley Oh, that works. would have been awesome. All right. Well, next time. <laughs> <laughs> but there probably would have been so much background noise. And there wouldn't have been. Eh, I like background noise. Um, so I guess. Um, so you're a bartender. I am. Where do you work? I work at the Rock Island Public House uh, in Blue Island, Illinois. Okay. Suburb of Chicago touches the edge of the city, so it's still like got that old Chicago feel. Okay. To it too. And what's that like? Blue Island is. Uh, well, I don't like. I, I only lived in Blue Island for a minute, but. Blue Island is a very working class, mm-hmm. uh, very proud town. They're very proud of, okay. of, 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 their, of their city. Uh, kind of has a small town kind of vibe to it at the same time, and the fact that everybody knows each other's business, nice. for better or worse. I feel like my neighborhood's kind of that way. Where, are you, where do you live? Um, we live in Kensington in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. And so it's a small neighborhood in a big city. Well, our mm-hmm. owner, the owner uh-huh. of the bar, Dave Brown, he always jokes that Blue Island's going to be the Brooklyn of Chicago. Okay. It does Buy have property a, now. You heard it. <laughs> it does have a kind of a borough uh-huh. kind of quality to it, I would say. Awesome. Yeah. And it was always a heavy punk rock community mm-hmm. down there. And just a cool town. And, you know, some minor celebrities like Gary Sinise was born there. Oh. Uh, Chips Enough from Enough's Enough still lives there. And you still see them. I don't know what them. that is. Oh, Enough's Enough. They were... Uh, they were kind of a power pop rock band, came around. Well, they were on Chicago in the 80s. Okay. They hit it big in the late 80s, early 90s. With oh, with a Z. Yes. Okay. With Fly High Michelle right. and Good Thing. But they're one of these bands where they look like a hair metal band. Uh-huh. But they sounded like, the, like a hard rock Beatles. And the record label just didn't know what to do with them at that time. Okay. That's my theory on it. Because if they had come around, maybe, like they were... Too poppy for grunge and the alternative rock thing, but hair metal was dead, so they didn't know what to do with them. But they're good; like they're really a good band. I I definitely have heard from them. I oh, just absolutely. can't find where in my brain that lives. So, how long have you been bartending? Fifteen years, I think. Now, okay. that final count. Yeah. All right. And uh, how'd you get started? You know, I always wanted to do it. 
I know it sounds like mm-hmm. a bullshit answer, but I did always want to be a bartender since I was a kid. What'd you do since you were a kid? Oh yeah, no, because we had a bar in my parents' basement. Okay. And I liked being, I always liked being behind it. And you know, it was those, those night belongs, the night belongs to Michelob ad campaign <laughs> from 1988. Okay. I just thought that was the coolest thing. So I'm eight, nine years old. I'm seeing this and I'm like, you know, it's, it's all neon lit and it's all nightlife and uh-huh. it's cool people and cool bars and it. I just dug it, and I just love that night. I love the nighttime. I love that aesthetic. So I always wanted to be a bartender. But as you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to get into bartending. It it's is. It's not as easy it as, is. as people think it is. As much as people seem to think it's like a last resort kind I, of in job the movies, for people. It's always like, so-and-so quit being a doctor, and now he's a bartender. And, and I'm it's like, like how sad. Do you, there's some yeah. sad, there's like, they imply <laughs> there's some sadness Yeah, to I'm it, like, well, right? how do you learn to bartend? Yeah. <laughs> so I just never got around to it. And, you know, I worked retail. I... I was selling furniture okay. out in the suburbs. Excuse me. And a guy I worked with said, oh, you need to be working. You need to be waiting tables, tending bar. You're wasting your time doing this. Uh-huh. So I went and applied at a bunch of chain restaurants. Okay. You know, Fridays, Olive Garden, all of I them. actually heard that Fridays has a decent training program. I've heard that about them, too. <laughs> I ended up getting called from Chili's. Mm. And okay. I was hired almost immediately, two interviews, and stuck around there for 15 years. Tell me everything about Chili's. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even spoken to anyone that worked in a... You know, a friend of mine... In a Chili's-type place. Who actually works at the... Can I, uh, not Gino's East. One of the big pizza places down here I'm neglecting, but a manager there uh-huh. who I worked with at Chili's. This guy, Steve Harvey. Or Steve Harry. I was called <laughs> Steve Harvey, but it's actually Steve Harry. And uh, he said that his place, when they hire people, if they see Chili's on the application, uh-huh. you're almost an instant hire. Wow. Because they, it's just, like you said, like you're talking about Fridays, it's just a good training program. Mm-hmm. And what I always liked about working, well, in hindsight now, now that I work at an independent spot, mm-hmm. and I've worked at a couple independent spots, what I like about the fact that I've worked at I worked at Chili's for 15 years is that I didn't develop any of those bad habits that some bartenders get into in the sense okay. that I couldn't drink behind the bar. Yeah, I you know it's just you can't you yeah. get fired. Yeah, um, it's corporate. Whereas now my boss, so he says, I don't expect you to be. What is, what is it? What is Dave <laughs> said to me he goes, I don't expect you to be sober behind the bar, but I expect you to be the soberest person in the room. Okay, I uh, like I that. I might steal that. Yeah. I, I, my version of that is you must be sober enough to fill out a police report. Ah, see. <laughs> That's fair. That, yeah. I, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. So, and that, so I, developed, I learned standard operating procedure, and I learned, so at, you know, at a chain restaurant, at some place like Chili's, mm-hmm. you have to de-escalate a situation. Yeah. You don't have the fuck you get out button. Yeah. So you learn how to do that. And so you get good at it, and you get good at uh-huh. you get good customer service, you get good customer relations. Whereas now, working at Rock Island Publics, I do have, like, I can do all that, uh-huh. but I also have the fuck you get out button. Yes. <laughs> which, so, I've, which I've had to use of on occasion. But, uh, you know, that, come back tomorrow, I tell them. So, but you got to go now. <laughs> do you have to eat a lot of shit at Chili's because it's corporate? Oh, my and you God. Can't... When I look back at the, <laughs> looking back on, you know, the post, well, not post, but, you know, after stay at home and pandemic and mm-hmm. all that. Because uh, that's when I finally left. So I was hanging out there. I hung out there till right before the pandemic. So you were working at Chili's throughout the pandemic? No, up to it. I mean, up to the pandemic. Up to it because oh, I wow. called off my last shift. I hadn't called off there in 15 years. Yep. Never called off. And I called off my last shift there to work a shift at Rock Island. Uh-huh. More money was an easier shift. And then that Sunday, everything mm-hmm. went down. Everything shut down. And I knew that I wasn't going back because I remember my manager calling me and saying, 
we just want to know. We need to know if we get to terminate you. Are you coming back? And I'm like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. And I don't know how I did it because I can only imagine it's even worse there now with the amount of mm-hmm. nonsense that you have to deal with. But yeah, the abuse that you have to take because yes. of that, not being able to say, fuck you, get fuck out. You get out. You just have to, you just have to eat it. Yes, yeah. And I did a lot. I think it just makes you a little bit stronger. Yeah, <laughs> as, yeah. as a bartender and a server. Mm-hmm. I worked in hotels for a while, so we then you know we definitely had to take a lot of shit. Um, so yeah, so I definitely know. I've been trying um, to think if I have any like really wild stuff. I didn't deal with. The, I mean, I kind of let it roll. I mm-hmm. didn't. It didn't really affect me too bad. I'm trying to remember if I ever had one where I was just. I do remember one night I was waiting table, standing bar, and I walked to a table and I did the whole greeting. Hi, my name's Mike. Mm. And the guy shushed me. And I walked into the pass out and my good friend, Samantha, who you know, we were best buds there. I said, Samantha, you need to take table 71 yeah. because if I t- I'm going to be fired yeah. tonight. Definitely. I, 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 the, the, yeah, just kind of the way people treat you. The way, okay, you don't run into that a lot. At Rock Island Public House. Yes. Most people come in there looking for more of a service-oriented experience. And service-oriented, what do you mean by that? No, just they want to talk to you. They want, okay. they want to watch you make the drink. They want mm-hmm. to. It's not about coming in and just getting whatever's cheap, the three for ten. Because, like, Chili's was great. Chili's was great until mm-hmm. it wasn't. Like, you know, <laughs> I always say you start, if you. If you start acting like Steak and Shake, people start treating you like Steak and Shake. <laughs> and what was once kind of just a cool spot in the neighborhood, not cool, not cool. I'm not going to say cool, but I had a lot. I had people always surprised. You had regulars at Chili's? I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have stuck around there yeah. for so long if I didn't. So, because what happened was I was waiting tables there. I said, I want to learn how to 10 bar. So they put you on bar, they train you, a week long mm-hmm. training program, harder than anything any college yeah, degree yeah. I've ever studied. And, <laughs> and of course, you know, wow. yeah, I had the two, the two man, or not two manners, the two trainers who took it like probably a little too seriously. Mm-hmm. But they got you to memorize the drinks. You knew how to make the drinks before you went behind the stick. And then they kept putting me behind the bar. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to be behind a bar because I made more money on the tables. Oh, wow. I was just, it was just how it was. And you probably got to go home a little earlier. Uh, you could. Yeah, <laughs> that too. With, you know, and that was another thing about restaurant hours. We closed at 1130, 1030 mm-hmm. on weekends. You were out at, on the street by midnight with yeah. two, $300 in your yeah, pocket. Yeah, yeah. You can't beat That's that. That's great. And then, well, they just kept putting me on a bar. And I said, okay, fine. If I'm going to have to 10 bar every Friday and Saturday night. This is going to be Mike's bar. This ain't going to be Chili's anymore. This is going to be Mike's place. And I'm going to know everybody, and everybody's going to come in and see me, and I'm going to make all the money. And I did. Awesome. And I think people still, people still, I've, when I was on the radio talking about the Chicago's Best Bartender thing, mm-hmm. some guy who I don't even remember his name, like, chimed in on the thread, like, oh, yeah, I had Mike at Chili's. He was the best. It was always nice to hear. What's the Chicago's Best Bartender thing? So, we are all, what's your, what's your alt paper in, uh, in Our New York alt now. paper? Yeah, like, uh, it used to be the, um, I don't know, used to be the Village, Village Voice. Voice. Is that even around anymore? No, there's, there's not really, there's like, like the Brooklyn paper, and, but yeah, I guess we don't have it. The Reader's one of the last, like, uh-huh. all, and it's not the same as it used to be. It used to be a big, you know, mm-hmm. big thing. I think when I was a teenager, it was cool because you'd pick it up and, uh, you know, living on the south side, closer to the suburbs, that was like your, your ticket to the city. Was, uh-huh. You saw where, what was playing at the Music Box Theater, you got to read the kinky um, mm. personal ads. And yeah, so the 90s exactly and like it, the Village it, Voice. It kind of, yeah. it kind of it, it introduced you mm-hmm. to that world, world uh, you know, that, that weirdo world that, you know, eventually yeah. I ended up in. Yeah. So, but the reader has a best of, best of the year uh-huh. poll every year. And 
I saw it, and I saw you could nominate people, so I nominated myself for best bartender, <laughs> despite not attending bar in Blue. I attend bar in Blue Island, not Chicago, uh-huh. but. I do tend bar at Lollapalooza and Riot Fest, which are two big music festivals okay. which are in the city proper. So I, I think you probably have this in New York as well, where there's this big divide between the city and the suburbs where people who live in the city proper really take it personally if you don't live in the city proper yeah, as well. Yeah. And like, like if I, like, let's say I lived in Naperville, which is one of the big suburbs around here. I'm mm-hmm. like, why am I going to go, if I'm in New York and somebody asks where you're from, why am I going to say Naperville? Nobody knows where the fuck Naperville uh-huh. is. I'm just going to say Chicago. Yeah. And I think Chicagoans just need to get over that. At this point, and well, so I nominated myself because I am a big advocate for, you know, I get I get some shit for you know my ego or this that the other thing, but I always tell people, you know, instead of worrying about my ego or what I'm doing, how about you do something you're proud of and tell everybody about it. <laughs> that sounds good, right? You know, no one's going to promote you. No, no one's going to promote no your podcast. Is. No one's going to share your writing. It's no true. one's going to share your movie unless unless you get out there and hustle. So I nominated myself for best bartender, put it on my Twitter feed, said, hey, if you write me in, I'll get nominated. Uh-huh. Forgot all about it. I'm laying in bed one morning. My old bartending partner from Rock Island, Michael Wayne, says, you know you're on the list, right? And wow, I'm like, oh, shit. awesome. I'm like, so I started the campaign, mm-hmm. and I won. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. And that's for uh, 2021? That was for 2021, and I will say if there's ever been an award that I probably did deserve, it was for that one because we did a lot to kind of pivot uh-huh. to uh, to survive the pandemic. Uh-huh. We did a lot of innovative stuff. I think, well, I have these. Would you, okay. What'd you guys? <laughs> but I also you, have. This is awesome. This sticker says, who the fuck is Mike Vanderbilt? Well, I got another Which one is awesome. Because like I said, you got to you gotta merchandise yourself. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> My best bartender in Chicago. <laughs> That's Astrid, awesome. Asterisk Blue Island. <laughs> Asterisk Blue Island. Um, what did you guys do to pivot during the pandemic? Uh, well, I, my big thing that I, I told her, well, first we got to go fund me going. Okay. Which nobody yeah. thought we were going to earn any money. Yeah. I was like, guys, this is what you got to do. Every bar is doing yeah. it. And we did real well because Rock Island Public House does have a, we have a strong cult of people who, mm-hmm. particularly on the south side of Chicago down there, where for years it's kind of been devoid of like cool stuff and culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's been a movement to change that. And, uh, Brock Island was one of the first kind of cool spots to open down there. And my, How long has that been there? Uh, 10 years next year. Okay. Nine years. And uh, I was friends with Dave, the owner of the place. Dave and Jen are the owners. And I was friends so you with him. know the owner? Yeah, I do know okay. the owner. I do. <laughs> I, I, I love the title of the podcast because Thanks. I know the owner. I was like, yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, he, uh, he was tending bar to dump uh, Brokels down there and I had two dollar <laughs> calls and I got to know him and we were both we were shout both, out to that dump yeah <laughs> it's pub time now but um, he and I uh, just we, we both read GQ and Esquire we both like fancy boy stuff so mm-hmm. we got to be friends and when he was open up he'll never let me forget that when he was open the place up a craft beer bar in the south side of Chicago uh-huh. now the way he tells it is that I wished that he would fail and that's not <laughs> what happened I just kind of said uh-huh. You sure about that? Like, uh-huh. You know, you think that'll work? And to be fair, he's from New Orleans. He didn't grow up around there. So he saw something that I didn't see. Uh-huh. I had seen too many places that were kind of cool, like cool coffee shops and stuff, uh-huh. closed down because that culture just wasn't down there. Uh-huh. The South Side just wasn't ready for it. Now we have Rock Island Public House down the street. We have Blue Island Beer Company, which is a cool brewery. And then uh-huh. we have Horse Thief Hollow over in Beverly, which is a gastropub kind of thing, an open outcry that does the brewery thing with, mm-hmm. uh, with a kitchen. So there's just a movement for that. And there's just, you know, a cooler hip. But back to the original point, they, they, people are so happy to have something like that mm-hmm. down there that they supported us big time through the pandemic. 
That's or great. Or the worst, like the, the start of it, they're just mm-hmm. staying home and everything. So, and do you remember what, what day did you guys get shut down? March 15th. It was the Southside Irish, but it was a, we got the notice on the Sunday of the Southside the South Irish Parade, and then we worked, we never were open Mondays. We're open Mondays now, but mm-hmm. we opened that last Monday to kind of do one last hurrah, uh-huh. and I made my mortgage that month. Wow. I remember that night, like, yeah. uh, people were just, let's go out, let's do it yeah, one more yeah, time, thank one last God. hurrah. <laughs> so then, like, throughout the pandemic, you know, we kind of kept my partner, Ashley, who I work with on Saturday nights, who, you know, people will know her from Twitter as well. What we started doing, we were just trying to think, well, what can we do to bring money in? But we wanted yeah. to work. So we would host a double feature on Saturday nights where we'd watch a movie. we watch two movies and we'd tweet along with it. And mm-hmm. then at the end of it, people would like, you know, Venmo Donate. us or yeah. something. Yeah. And then so then when we finally reopened, we expanded our patio. How long were you shut, shut down? Three months. Three months. Three okay. months. Opened June 6th. And I was mad because my birthday is June 2nd. And <laughs> technically, we could have opened a second, but we weren't ready. Okay. And I was mad because, as you know, you can make a lot of money. You, you, work, you don't take your birthday your... off nope. as a bartender. You make, you that, you collect, you make $1,000 mm-hmm. that That's day. That's what I tell Easy, my staff baby. when they ask me for their birthday off. I'm like, no, you work your fucking birthday, make your money, go out on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Stoop, asinine. Asinine. I need my birthday off. I need my birthday week. Get out of here. <laughs> What's the name of your spot? <laughs> um, so we've got Hinterlands in um, Kensington, Brooklyn. Okay. We've got Minnie's Bar in Sunset Park and Charlene's on Flappish Avenue. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been drunk in Brooklyn. I went, I was... Uh, awesome. I was, uh, where was I? I was hosting a screening of The Astrologer at the Nighthawk. Oh, okay. That's not far from Hinterlands. And uh, drank at Skinny Dennis. Oh, Williamsburg Nighthawk. Oh, yes, got there are two it, of them. It, that's right. Got it. That's right. And uh, yeah, I, I, got, I got tuned up real good that night because <laughs> uh, there was a review of the screening that described me as the wildly intoxicated Mike Vanderbilt. Oh. I, did, I did not think I was going to get that drunk, but I went down to Brooklyn <laughs> Brewing and that was all, that was all she wrote. So, yeah, so yeah. we expanded our patio, on, uh, which was you know, normally our summers are slower. I don't know how mm-hmm. you guys are, but our summers are a little our bit slower. Our summers are a little bit slower, but anything, like who knows what was going on these past but two years. That one was you know, gangbusters because everybody was so ready to get out of the house mm-hmm. and we didn't have indoor service. So we expanded our patio. The patio looked great. And then, you know, everything ebbed and flowed, whether you're making money or if you weren't. And then uh, it was <laughs> our big thing that we did that kind of got mm-hmm. us a lot of press was, and everybody thinks it was my idea, but it wasn't. Uh-huh. It was uh, Jerry in our kitchen, butter upon bacon. So I was working uh-huh. at the Music Box Theater, which is our kind of art house theater. Okay. And we did a drive-in. We did, uh, we, we normally do, they normally do a 24-hour horror movie marathon. Couldn't do that because COVID. Yeah. So we did 31 nights of horror at the drive-in. And it did very well. And I was walking in the last week of October, walking into work at Rock Island. And I was thinking to myself, man, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with the drive-in anymore because it was work. And I walk in and Jerry in the kitchen says, Mike. Do you think we could put a drive-in in our parking lot? <laughs> and I, was, I went out there and I looked. And I was like, God damn it, this would work. But Dave, we knew we knew we had to like finesse Dave on this one. You know, I called Dave. Me and Jerry got an idea, and I could hear him. I could uh-huh. hear him roll his eyes uh-huh. on the phone. But the same thing, he came in and goes, "I think this might work." So we started showing movies. That's amazing. Um, How big is your parking lot? Not big. Fits about thirteen cars. Okay. But we have a lot that's unused, way back. Uh-huh. So we could fit like another couple for like the die when we did Die Hard around Christmas. So you that had people packed. driving in, or did you set out seats outside? People drove in. Wow, because it was cold. Yeah, Chicago right. in the winter. Yeah, Chicago's now cold. when summer rolled around, like mm-hmm. it was great. People would bring their chairs and you know watch mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz or Jaws or what you showed. And we got to do some really weird programming, some cool stuff. And 
then it kind of petered out mm-hmm. around, we, we did it up through last winter. Okay, it's done. But now that summer's rolling around, everybody's ha- coming and asking, when's the driving starting? Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit of me is thinking, well, you guys weren't coming for the last couple of months. Yeah, you where know? you been? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see. Like, oh, we're going to break. We're going to, everybody's asking, so we're bringing it up and starting it up back awesome. up in June. But yeah, that was a big thing because it got, like, not only did it bring in business, which is great because it allowed people to, because, uh, one thing we did, we put out uh, shipping containers uh-huh. that we put heaters in. Oh, wow. That uh, were outside, uh-huh. but you were, it was still cold. It, yeah. was, mis- it, was, it was miserable yeah. in there. I mean, people kept calling us and they were like, do you have outdoor space? Do you have heaters? And it's like... Well, that's tough the, in New York because you guys don't have... We you don't guys have, have a patio or we anything? We have a patio and it's small. But the thing is, you can't heat the outside. That's why we have inside oh, yeah. you oh, know yeah. like there's no way to make the outside warmer except to make it inside so because it yeah, doesn't matter the, what you spend on heaters no. it's still gonna be cold even the shipping containers like yeah. we have heaters in there and the, like, i was set out there i'm like i don't want to do yeah this. but god bless thank you to all of our customers who did who yes, came out we had the same us. thing and and you know that they could have just stayed home and drank a beer they didn't have to go sit yes, in the cold absolutely. they only absolutely. did it to support but like i said people just have that they have they support Rock Island Public House. They love that bar. That's great. What were the crazy uh, rules you guys had to jump through? I know. I feel like the the whole country is familiar with what <laughs> New York went through. Well, you the- guys had to have. You guys had to start serving food if you wanted to stay, uh, yes. which I think is the most, the most and, asinine and, thing I'd and heard. And then the definition of what food, is, what constitutes yeah. food. And, you guys, yeah. I think you guys, I mean, I, I give New York a lot of shit, <laughs> like, as you guys think you're so fucking cool. But, like, you guys really did get, <laughs> you guys really did get the worst of it when it came to uh, pandemic stuff. Because the thing about my side of town was uh-huh. it was kind of bedlam. You could do whatever you wanted. Most mm-hmm. bars didn't play yeah. by the rules. And they just had... Uh, people sitting inside wow. nobody cared yeah because nobody was enforcing it yeah so what are you gonna do so we had that you know we had a couple of those come to jesus moments where we'd have a meeting with the staff and say all right do we want to keep doing this mm-hmm. and you know there were a couple times even me who i was very proud that we did everything right was kind of mm-hmm. like, why are we doing this yeah like why what 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 good is it doing us we're just losing money but cooler heads always prevailed and everybody said you know what though we we had such a supportive community of people who come here because we did everything yeah, right same if we were going to throw it out the window now you would, we would lose all. Lose we would lose them. all yeah. that goodwill, and you just feel better about yourself that you know we did do everything right. And honestly, we're making more money now yeah. than we ever have. We did a, we had it, we had had it in motion pre-pandemic, pre-stay at home. We were going to do a tiki takeover. We we're going to do tiki weekend there. Okay, and we finally pulled it off last June. And uh, wow, that's that a June, lot of work. It was a lot of work, and that June was the most money that bar has ever made. Mm-hmm. Like not pre or post-pandemic. Ever. Ever. Wow. Ever. Congratulations. Right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So yeah. that was like that said, we okay, we did do everything right and we have come out on mm-hmm. top. And you know how it is. I don't know if you have to deal with this at your bar, but when you're around for a while and you have people that have been coming forever, they don't like change. Yeah. They don't like when the staff changes. Nope. They don't like when you improve and <laughs> oh, I liked it better the old way. Yeah, it always. was better like this. And to me, it's like Rock Island has changed mm-hmm. into five into five years since I've been there. Yeah. Ten years since I've been drinking there. But I think it's improved. It hasn't mm-hmm. gotten worse. It's only gotten better. Yeah. And I when I have to hear that from people, it just drives me because it's usually ding dongs who <laughs> I, I I'm like, like well, I'm in my ca- day a beer was two dollars. It's or, like, yeah, well, beer's not two dollars anymore. Or I'm, I'm never coming back. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And then you know what? <laughs> They're still coming back. Well, we had a lot of that. We had a lot of that. Like you know, talk about you know, pandemic stuff. Yeah. Um, when we started doing the Vax card 
mm-hmm. checking, which, oh, yeah. My opinion on the Vax card thing was like for years, like, so if you're a bartender, uh-huh. you can look at somebody's ID and you can find out if they're 21 or not, right? Yes. You can find out if they're legal. But for years, since the beginning of time, bartenders have always wanted to have like a sheet of paper, some sort of document where you could figure out if somebody was foolish or not. Uh-huh. And the Vax card was the closest thing we've ever had to that. <laughs> because if you saw they had a Vax card, like, well, this guy's got his shit together. Yeah. And if they didn't, like I straight up profiled, I said, that group does not have their card. All right, and they look like trouble. They're already tuned up. Yep. One guy's already trying to bring in a bottle of beer. from. Yeah. Hey, guys, let me see your Vax Oh, you don't have them. Well, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. See you in a couple months. Done. And so many people were so stupid about it. They didn't understand that it wasn't going to be forever. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. They thought like when, and I, people who I actually, really? I'm like, yeah. No. As soon as the numbers are down, (laughs) it's going to be business as usual. But when we posted like, hey, July or January 3rd, we're going to start doing this. The, our, our social media, you know, exploded with people who had done their own research and done their own numbers and this and everything. I'm never coming back. And <laughs> I've done my own research. <laughs> yeah, so did I. My research I went to said, the, I went don't to get the, vaccinated, you know, ding-dong. Medical University Research Library yeah. and, and skin. WebMD. <laughs> but uh, the people who were whining the hardest about it, I work at Rock Island Public House between four, like, four shifts a mm-hmm. week at least. If I don't know who you are, you're not a regular. Yeah. And you'll be back anyway, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> we we um we got pretty lucky compared to some of my peers in that the the neighborhoods that we're in, so you know, different neighborhoods have kind of different politics. So sure. in Park Slope, everybody is militant about being vaccinated, following all the rules, um, kind of a little bit overkill, like a little bit too much. Look, I'm right like there with you the, on that. To the point where it's like, okay, relax a little bit, where they're like yelling at somebody who's walking down the street without a mask on. Well, yeah, every, everyone wants to be able to do, not, you know, be hassled about stuff, except when it's not your time to exactly, hassle somebody. Exactly, yeah. And then... And that's all just about being right. Yeah, and it's then they're... It's not even about exactly, virtue. You exactly. Know? And then there are the neighborhoods where, like, they'll yell at you if you are wearing a mask, because they're like, it's all the, a hoax, they, blah, blah, blah. That's the neighborhood I and, live. Mount, yeah. Mount Greenwood is yeah. notorious. It was the only... This is embarrassing. It was the only <laughs> neighborhood in Chicago that went for Trump in the 20s, because we're notoriously <laughs> a blue city. Like, uh-huh. we make Illinois blue. Uh-huh. And my, it's, you know, it's all coppers and firemen. Uh-huh. And, you know, just a heavy Trump contingent. Yeah. You know? and, and that's so- what that was like, like... That yeah, second like, description you like, gave where why What are you, are you wearing that? a mask? You're a sheep. You yeah, know? Yeah. And then luckily <laughs> the neighborhood that we're that that all three of the bars are in actually is very mixed and they seem to be just reasonable about it. Like when the rules changed, sometimes it took a minute because yeah. to, for them to like understand what the rules were, because the only way to really find out was to watch those Cuomo mm-hmm. s- speeches yeah. and then and then the news would repeat what he said, and they would get it wrong. Right. And I'd be like, no, 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 I just watched it. That's not what he said. And then everybody was confused, and you had to, like, go to the, you know, New York.gov website and, like, actually read it and then interpret it. Oh, and yeah. Then, so, and then I remember the, well, the first weekend uh-huh. after it went down, it was snowing here in Chicago, and, you know, the rules, you couldn't get masks. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even, I'm not even sure if, like, you were supposed to mask yet. At first they were saying not to because they didn't want people to, like, overrun yeah. the mask sales. You're right. So I think there was this pic- <laughs> So me and my boss, Dave, and Jen, Jen's like, hey, you want to get together, me, you, and Dave, and uh, we'll shoot like uh, a fun little video. We'll put it. We had mm-hmm. bat- 60s Batman costumes. Okay. And we're like, let's do a little fun little video, like, because like Music Box Theater had somebody in a penguin costume running up and down the stairs. We shot this video where it was just like, 
a PSA about okay. the pandemic. I was Robin, Dave was Batman. And somebody, one of the other bartenders, because all the bar, there were bar, like Blue Island Beer Company was hope, still open because they were doing to-go sales. Okay. So they're still open, went down there, and then place that re- restaurants were open, and we were just kind of just bringing a little cheer. You uh-huh. know, you get us, and it was a picture of us that went on the internet, bartender took it of me and him walking on the street, and people lost their minds. Oh my God, why are they outside? <laughs> why aren't they wearing masks? Despite the fact that, you know, Pritzker, mm-hmm. our, you know, our governor Pritzker was like, mm-hmm. go, for, you can go for a walk. You can go you can, outside. You can do this. Yeah. Like, I remember I have a convertible and I was mm-hmm. driving the top down and the guy's like, aren't you afraid of COVID? I'm like, it's not this smog yeah. that's going to grab you. As long as there's nobody else in the car, I'm yeah. glad. <laughs> so glad. I mean, I hate, I mean, I know people are like, well, it's not over because I, uh, my parents actually just, mm-hmm. uh, caught it. They're doing fine. Yeah. But like, it's not over, but like. It is better yeah. now. And I don't, there's people in this world that just don't want to they admit that. I don't think they ever yeah. want it to end the scolds because they enjoy scolding people yes. about stuff, yes. right? And some people just like staying home Which and is, now they're allowed. Well, it's just fine. <laughs> and that's, that's where I kind of lose my mind with it. Like, everybody, you know, let me do what I want to do, right? Yeah. Until they Until, get to tell somebody, you know, what yeah, they should exactly. be Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and it goes like, both ways. The, 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 the airplane thing, like, I, I've been reading about it on, you know, Twitter uh-huh. all week, and everybody losing their minds. And the thing is, people are still going to wear masks on their yes. planes. Some people won't. Yes. I probably won't. I yes. think it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. You know, I know friends of mine that will. If I was on a plane and the flight attendant said, could you please put a mask on for me? I'd say, absolutely. Yeah. Fine. I'd know. But... Do you think people aren't going to wear it? And you can still wear it. You can still wear it. And this idea of, like, have you ever been hassled? Have you ever been wearing a mask somebody and somebody did hassle you? Like, why are you wearing it? Um, no, actually. Because it never happened to me either. No. Uh, and even when I wouldn't, when, if, like, the times when I wasn't wearing one, I never got Yeah. I, I definitely got some dirty looks for, like, walking down the street without a mask on in the early days. Um, you were outside. And, though, yeah, yeah. I'm but, with you on that one. But people were, I mean, people were getting nervous that people were walking around outside their windows without a mask on. Right. Like, that's how crazy people were getting. And, well, you're on, and, and truly in New York, you all are we're really right on, on top right of on top, each other. Literally on top of each and, other. Chicago's and, a little bit more spread out like that. Yeah. And I live in an apartment building, so I would always wear my mask in the building, and then I would get outside, and especially in the summer, I would take it off because I have asthma, and it's hard to breathe. And I know it's harder to breathe if you're dying of COVID. I yes, get it. Absolutely. So, um, two, but- thi- two things can be true, <laughs> yes. is what I would say. But uh, what do I say? Nuanced opinion doesn't get retweeted on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't get exactly. any traction. So it's uncomfortable for me to wear a mask. And the few times I did walk with a mask in the summer, I had an asthma attack. And so. <laughs> It's silly for me to wear a mask if I'm not in close contact with someone, and I definitely have gotten some dirt. And I would always put it on before I went into a store. Yeah, because that's what you're supposed to do. I never wore one outside. And now, yeah, and now that, um, and then there was a time where we were like wearing a mask on the busy streets and not wearing a mask on the not busy streets just to make other people comfortable. (laughs) Well, that's Um, my thing. If if it makes you more comfortable, I'll do it. But like at the bar, we follow. mm Mm-hmm. The mandates, like we checked yeah. the vax cards. Yeah, we checked them when, when the vax we had cards to. Thing we was were... up. Come on back, and come on in. We had there were we have a couple of people that are were anti-vax who I was surprised find yeah. out they were, but yeah, they didn't hassle us. A lot of them they just came back. Yeah, when we I could. was very surprised when they lifted the vax mandate because I really thought it was just at that point it was just a dog and pony show. It was like we want 
bars and restaurants to check vax proof to encourage more people to get vaccinated. Oh, it was definitely shaming, which yeah. I'm in favor of. <laughs> I was in favor of it on that one. But, but I didn't feel like it made us any safer on an individual basis that nobody in here is unvaccinated. Well, like that's, that, I, what, what nobody want, nobody can understand. Well, two things I think people have forgotten about COVID is like, we didn't shut down because COVID was a thing because there's countless viruses that do Yes, happen. We shut down because the hospitals was, were overrun. Yes. And that was just to try to flat the curve because- Yes. Yes, it is always going to be here. But it was never about zero or 100%. Yeah. You know, people say, well, I did my research, the masks don't work. I'm like, well, they don't work 100%, but maybe they if work we 40 all, or yeah, 50. Yeah, if we all wear them, it will spread slower. That's yeah. true. And nobody wants, <laughs> again, nuanced opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nobody wants to hear it. Yep. I mean, when, I, like, when we had the Vax cards, I said to myself, well, why am I, I, why am I wearing a mask anymore? Mm-hmm. Because that's where I kind of got up in my feelings about it because I have full bar on a Friday yeah. night, Saturday night with, you know, 20, 30 people sitting around with no masks on. Yes. I'm the one who has to wear it. Yes. I'm the only one in here I know is vaccinated. <laughs> so why am I the only one who's uncomfortable here? I feel like there was a very short period of time where we had to wear masks and the customers didn't, but yeah. it was only like a week or two. And that, I feel like, was the worst because then it felt like we were some kind of other like we were servants, and that's not how our business rolls. Yeah, I, you know, I, we're like that's how I started to feel yeah, about it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that didn't last a long time, and because we like to run it like this is our house, and you're a guest in our house, and we're all at the same party, and nobody is beneath anybody. Like you know, like in corporate jobs, there's the staff and the customers, right. but in a small neighborhood bar, we're all part of the same right. community. Yeah, so I, I'm right there. That one was that. that one was tough, and luckily it didn't last very long. Yeah, and I think like this summer like we're starting to see you know we're moving towards uh it being just a little bit better but it's something we're just gonna have to always sort of deal with right yeah i'm yeah and i think that as long as the i have to check the time okay as long as the um numbers stay down and the hospitals aren't full then people are gonna start going back to doing what they're doing and i'm sorry it's just like that's how the world is (laughs) and there's there's really nothing you could do we had our um we had, like you were saying before, we had our neighborhood where, like, one bar was following all the rules and then the bar next door wasn't. And there was, like, a huge party at one bar and then, like, oh, yeah. you know, 18 people at the other bar because that's the maximum. <laughs> the one <laughs> bar had a, was having a buffet, like, on New Year's Eve. And a they buffet. Got, a buffet I is know, disgusting of in things, any... Of all things. And they ended up getting <laughs> shut down. And, Good. And, oh, yeah. But then they're on, they're on Facebook. Somebody's like, who snitched? I'm like, you who advertised snitched? it for two weeks. <laughs> I'm like, who but of all things, a buffet. A buffet. And I don't oh, like you know, no. I don't like dancing on anybody's grave. When I saw they got shut down that night, I'm like, yeah, they come on. That. That's ridiculous, a buffet. <laughs> I won't go to a buffet in, like, the best of times. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, let's move on. We, we, we got yeah. so sidetracked, yeah, I know, but we it's, did, so, we did. it's so I easy know. to do these but days. Especially in this business, there's so, like, I feel like our industry was on the, like, front lines of this. We took the brunt of it. We yeah. took the worst of it. Yeah. And I'm still sort of mad about it because I feel like they, uh, our government, the city government, just didn't do as much to yeah. help us as they as they have. claim. Or, yeah, especially <laughs> they as they claim. Well, there's a Guy Fieri did more yeah. for yeah. restaurant workers than, I know. Than, than anybody else. I do I wonder. I take back everything I ever said about Guy I, Fieri. I tell you, he's they, he's uh, a good guy. I, I wish I, wish I would have wished Anthony Bourdain was around to I know. comment on all this. I know. You know, I interviewed him once. Did you? Yeah. About movies, though. 
<laughs> Which is funny because I mean, that's typical, though. He don't want to talk about food. He wants yeah. to talk about his hobbies and his interests. I mean, that makes sense. I, you know, I don't want to talk about food. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, I always say I don't. I, no, I do like, but I do like talking about bartending. Yeah. I think you, obviously you Are do you, too because yes. you have a podcast. Yes. I mean, I like talk about talking about like the act of bartending. I don't like talking about recipes. No, that's boring <laughs> to me. No, that's boring. Well, because that's just it. Like, you know, there's people, you know this, there's people who come into a bar mm. and they want to talk about beer and they want to talk about mm-hmm. cocktails and that's just not my thing. I know about no. I know a little bit about beer. I know a little bit about cocktails, but I'd rather talk about movies or anything yeah. else. But for some people that is their hobby. Mm-hmm. That is their culture. Yeah, I mean I yeah, I can't even taste the difference between most beers. So I'm a Pilsner guy. The- <laughs> I want a high life. I work in craft same. beer and I wanna I want a high life and a shot of Malort. Ah, uh, Malort. We were I know. Just I should have brought some. I, I didn't have any airplane bottles. I should have brought some with. <laughs> oh man, I might have to sneak some home. Um, that's. A, I, I, believe, I believe that's uh, not TSA approved. No, <laughs> that's an act not. of terrorism. Yeah, <laughs> to sneak Malort across <laughs> state lines. It, yeah, you have it in New York. We don't. You have. If you go to, here, pro tip for all you New Yorkers uh-huh. out there, if you want to get a Malort, but they don't have Jepsons, but the Williamsburg Nighthawk. Has uh-huh. a bottle of the Leatherbees with the original Malort label. Okay. Up in like a cabinet, like <laughs> covered in dust. All and right. I was like, so yeah, I got Malort here. First, go to the G train. <laughs> <laughs> they did have one bottle. Oh. I didn't finish it, but uh, it's out there. All right. And um, for those New Yorkers, Malort is Chicago for Nebranca, right? That's like the shot it's, that bartenders do. It is the secret handshake. Yes. Yeah. And, and we and have we have we have we have Fernet as well at our spot. That's kind of that was and Chinar. You oh guys yeah, do Chinar, okay, yeah. The Artichoke one. Uh, those are kind of our three big uh-huh. ones. Yeah, Malort. Malort is a secret handshake between bartenders. Now, now everybody, now all four hundred people <laughs> that listen to this podcast are going to know. You know, but <laughs> it, it's 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 like I, I don't want to sound like a gatekeeper or anything, but Malort's becoming so. It's, kind of popular. Mm-hmm. It's, it's national, and you can get it in Texas. You can get it in okay. New Orleans. It's. It's still fun, though. People, people maybe still get... if I can remember, maybe we'll smuggle a bottle home. And, uh, <laughs> you don't can tell get the it SLA anywhere. Yeah. on me. <laughs> um, are you a are you a cocktail bartender? Or are you? We do well. I enjoy making cocktails. Okay. I mean, I my big story is at Chili's once. Okay. On Cinco de Mayo, 2017. This I is made the meat. 500 margaritas in one shift by hand. Wow. That is my Al Bundy four touchdowns <laughs> in one game at Polk High. 500 margaritas because it was, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were, they were. We, uh, we decided they would have, we actually were having a conversation about Mary with Children, where they would live in Chicago. And my friend oh. did like the, he did the research and figured out Median income and this and other thing, and said he probably would have lived in the Beverly neighborhood. Okay. Because he could have afforded that <laughs> on, on the, on the, the uh, shoe salesman's salary. But 500 margaritas in one shift, I was like one of those shifts, and you guys know this, I'm sure when it gets busy, uh-huh. it's four, come in at four o'clock, it gets busy, you head down, and it's like, oh fuck, it's 11.30. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so I said, how many did I make? And they figured out the math, and nobody helped me. I was by myself. That's so I said, amazing. No, 500. Yeah. So wow. I, like, I like making cocktails. Do they use- That's another thing Chili's will speak, teach you, uh, uh-huh. uh, corporate, teach you speed. Yes, yes. So I've, I've worked with bartenders mm-hmm. that, you know, Tortuga, you know. Uh-huh. And, like, I like, getting that, I like getting that stuff done. I want to get mm-hmm. people. Like, that's another thing customers don't realize sometimes. That I want to take your money. Of I course. want to make your drink, but you're going to have to wait. There's a line. Yeah, there I'll is a line. But I like making cocktails. We're, I mean, Rock Island started, we have 16 beers on draft. Uh-huh. 
usually more low. We get them nationally, but a lot of local brewers. We get a lot of Three Floyds, which is always so funny. Like, are you mm-hmm. guys familiar with Three Floyds? Yes, we are. Because when I post that on Twitter, people are like, oh, my God, you have zombie dust. Like, we have zombie dust all the time. It's not that <laughs> big a deal. But outside of the Chicagoland area, uh-huh. that's a big deal. We have zombie Gumball dust. recently came to New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, it's good, and like Gumball Head's one of those beers where you're like, people go crazy about that. I'm like, you know, but every time I have a Gumball Head, I, you know why people like this? Because it's a good beer. Ah. But there's that, that hipster mentality sometimes. Oh, everybody, Three Floyds is basic stuff. But it's like, okay. no, they're good. They're good. That's why they, that's why they do we well. We only just it's got good it. Beer. It's already basic. <laughs> like, look, Damn. New York, you We're can't old. have everything, okay? You <laughs> just can't be the tastemakers. We can't fit it all. When it comes to <laughs> Other half, oh, other half is our floor. Is, is the your three floors? Okay, the, got it, got it. <laughs> and um, but we started. Well, we always had cocktails, mm-hmm. but I, we didn't really have like a true menu until I started working uh-huh. there. And that was that corporate thing, well, that standard operating procedure. Yes, like, you. If you can't see it, you can't sell it. Mm-hmm. Like I could run down a list of cocktails I could make you, but uh-huh. I like putting something in somebody's hands yeah. so they can so they can look at it and. Sometimes okay, here's a, here's a pet peeve. I don't. All bartenders seem to talk about is stuff that bothers them, and I don't want yeah. to focus on it too much. But yeah, here's one yeah. of my biggest pet peeves. Got it. Uh, when people come in and they want your suggestion, yes, which I love to do that. But when they uh-huh. want to play the game, like if you say make me a cocktail, I'm going to ask you some questions. What okay. do you like? What don't you like? What are you in the mood for? Yeah. And when you when people just say everything, that is a lie <laughs> because people. The guy comes in the other day. He says to me, you know. Make me your specialty. I'm like, well, it's margaritas. And he makes that face. Well, I don't like margaritas. I'm like, well, then you need to tell me what, what you want. What do you like? And I will, yeah. Because margaritas are my thing. Like, it's, it's, the one, it's the one cocktail at that place where nobody can fight me on it. Or nobody can say, oh, the, uh, plenty of people make a better old-fashioned to me. Mm-hmm. Plenty of people make a better Boulevardier to me. Nobody makes a better margarita. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to get one. Yeah. Um, what, what, do you have a secret ingredient that you don't want to tell me? Yes. Okay. It's love. <laughs> well, I used to get but accused. But post COVID, you're not allowed to put the love. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get accused of at Chili's all the time. Like, oh, Mike makes their drinks more. That's why he makes all that money because he makes it tighter. And I said, no, there is a secret ingredient. It's love. <laughs> and I said, we don't tell you this for a lot of people. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not about. Everybody follows the same recipe, right? Yes. Every uh, most bars, you have a standard operating procedure. Like this is our old fashioned recipe. This is our margarita recipe. Uh, but it's weird because customers are like, they'll just like a bartender yeah. better. You can all follow the same recipe, but it'll taste different to them. Yeah. And I don't have a theory on that or whatever, except for the fact that I, I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, if you take the time and you put it into it, it it'll come out well and people will enjoy it. Yeah, I mean. If you do it with a smile, I feel like, right? I feel like there's a difference between like, when you come in and you go through the limes and there's like, you know, a couple of brown limes. And so you don't cut the brown limes right. and you cut like big, like nice big chunks of limes. And if they're like, you know, a little bit old, you get rid of them versus like just not caring and just yeah. cutting tiny chunks of lime. Like it, like all those little things make a difference, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, then, it just shows- you know, you smell the juice and you're like, mm. This juice is probably not going to kill anybody, but it doesn't taste the best. It's not the same. I'm just going to get rid of this juice. Just dump it. Make a new one. I know you don't want to, but we all have slow afternoons. Like, where you're like, all right, this is what I got to do today. Yeah, and I think that makes a difference. And like I said, it's not like like that crusty old lime is bad or it's going to kill anybody. It's just not as good as like a fresh... Yeah. And so much of, I think, bartending is presentation. It's not Um, just about the recipes or the flavor profile or anything like that. And just kind of... 
Like, it's putting on a show, too. You're a performer. Yes. When you're a bartender, and people like that. And mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things I like about that tending bar, one of the things that kind of drew to me was, like, you're hosting a party every week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people complain about this shift's slow, that shift's busy. I just feel like any shift can be a moneymaker. Yeah, absolutely. And you could also just My, get completely disappointed. By it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You walk in on a Saturday, you're ready for it. It just doesn't happen. Yes. And you did everything. You told people you were there. Mm-hmm. You made the drinks good. You, you know, you smiled. You told jokes. And you still didn't walk out with that, buddy. But, like, you could do that on Monday. You could do that on Tuesday. Yeah. And it's up to, it's up to you to do that. Some bartenders don't want to take responsibility for their shifts. Yeah. Right? yeah. You got to take responsibility for your shifts. <laughs> um. I have I have one segment where I read a um, am I the asshole? Oh, okay. I read a let. Well, the segment is called um, "You Won't Believe the Fucking Day I Had," and I encourage all of my listeners, um, however many there are, to email me um, about the day they had, and then I'll read it and we'll talk about it to I know the owner podcast at Gmail. However, nobody ever sends me one. <laughs> so I read and am I the asshole? And I try to find something that's bar related. I feel like this one okay. is a good one and I'm gonna read it and then we're gonna talk shit about if it's it. A, if it's a bar customer, he's already an asshole. I can tell you he's already <laughs> he's already in a wrong. Um I don't know. Let's see. All right. Um <laughs> dear Charlene. <laughs> dear oh sorry dear I know the owner. Am I the asshole for asking for extra sugar syrup in my cocktail? So, I'm 23, female. A wuss when it comes to cocktails. I need them weak or not at all. I clocked that with a little extra sugar syrup, I tend to really like Cosmopolitans. I was at a bar and asked for a Cosmo with extra sugar syrup. The bartender kind of looked at me weirdly and said no. Because then it wouldn't be a Cosmo. <laughs> At first, I, mean, I thought, don't generally put. I, I, I'm thinking of my Cosmo recipe, and I don't. You wouldn't put no. Of no, course. but we, I, I use sour mix in mine, mm-hmm. so there is sugar in there. I guess so. Okay. Okay. At first, I thought maybe that it was because posh sugar syrup can be expensive, <clears throat> so I kind of opened my it's mouth. Sugar. It's water and sugar. It's, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. So I kind of opened my mouth trying to start a sentence about paying extra if necessary. Oh, God. But the guy kind of keeps trying to explain to me that with extra sugar syrup, it wouldn't be a Cosmo anymore. Anyway, to this day, I don't know if what I did was in poor taste or if this dude was just kind of a weird cocktail hipster. Am I the asshole? I I don't think she is. And here's why. Although, I, I look, I know I've had that bad day where mm-hmm. you're getting frustrated with dumb fucking questions. Mm-hmm. And you want to try, or you, well, you do want to try and educate people. I, I had a guy the other night. Like, uh, is, he was in with a lady, and she ordered a, what did she order? A lemon drop martini. Okay. So it comes in a coupe glass. Uh-huh. And thank you, you know. And he's like, uh, I want one of those, but I want it in a, you know, a glass like a this. Different and glass. I was like, you can handle it. it. You are ordering a martini, you will drink it in a martini glass. <laughs> uh, and I just feel like that was something that chilling. It's like we're, you know, we had all the different glasses. Uh-huh. Like, the, the proper glassware is mm-hmm. key. It, it's, just, it's part of the presentation that we were just talking about. But like I said, my Cosmo recipe, I use sour mix. Mm-hmm. So there is simple syrup in there. Uh-huh. And if somebody, had, but I wouldn't say extra sugar. I would just say, tell her, could you make that extra sweet for me? Mm-hmm. I think that's just like a different way of approaching it mm-hmm. where you don't sound like you're telling him how to make it. 
Okay. You're just saying how you like it. When you say hmm. extra sweet, whether if you're saying like put extra syrup in there, that's saying like, well, I know how you guys do it around here, and I'm going to tell you. Maybe that's maybe, maybe that's like, maybe. he could also just be an asshole. A lot he of could be. That's the thing about bartenders <laughs> is that you know, and service industry people, <laughs> some of them are just assholes. Some of them are just and assholes. I kind of always hated that reputation of the uh, the surly bartender, the surly yes. server. I know I get it sometimes where I talk <laughs> a lot of shit with people, but. I, I, you shouldn't, it's the best job in the world as yeah. far as I'm concerned. And you can choose to be miserable behind a stick or you can choose to have fun. And I'd rather have fun. Yeah. It sounds like that guy might've been having a bad day. Exactly. That's what I think. <laughs> I feel like that guy was probably having a bad day. But I, I feel know like that bad day. I've had that bad day. <laughs> if somebody comes in and they're like, I like a Cosmo, but I want extra sugar in it. I'm like, what? Number one. What's the big deal? I'll throw some extra. Okay, thank you for telling me and not like sending it back. Well, sure. Because it's not sweet enough. Two, why are you being precious about what a Cosmo is? Well, it's, it's a fucking it's a, it's cosmopolitan. A Cosmo. That's fair. It's like That's fair. a 30-year-old HBO television show <laughs> drink. Nobody, like, don't be precious about it. It's like kind of a garbage drink anyway. So she. Oh, wants, you're going hard. You're going hard on this one. <laughs> if she wants, I mean, a Cosmo is fine, but it's got triple sec in it, which is. I don't know. I don't know. That's in margaritas. Don't diss That's true. That's don't true. diss the margarita. That's true. I please. won't diss the margarita. Please. I love a margarita. So I'm like, I, why I'm not are a, you, I, I don't, why I, are you I'm being so precious kid. about a Cosmo? Yeah, where was Just she at? This, of course, this, this happened sugar. in New York, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> this totally sounds like a New York thing. Mate, probably Williamsburg. <laughs> um, but just give her the extra sugar. And then and then to have this argument with her, like... like yeah, I think it's too much. Just, I think she's too got, much. he's the asshole. He it's, is the asshole. Yeah, I think he's but the he asshole. But he might be, he might, he, he, I think he knows he is, and he's he's reveling in it. Ah, oh, <laughs> wow, even worse. Well, you know, I do that sometimes. Where I get like that with a customer, and then I walk away, and then I feel bad. Because they're just, they don't know any better. They don't know. They don't know. They're just I, here to, you know, have a drink. She's like, I want a pretty pink drink, but... I can't drink it. It's it's not sweet just enough. Just make it sweet. Yeah. Just make it sweet. Make it sweet. Like, old okay. fashions. Our fashions are kind of our signature cocktail right okay. now. Okay. Plenty of people want extra sugar or less sugar. Yeah. I mean, I just do, I do little sugar. Like, mm-hmm. That's my old fashioned. Yeah. I, I don't like a lot. And that's, because that's how I like to drink. Yeah. But if somebody says I want that extra sweet, fine. Yeah. It's no and, big deal. And sugar is cheap. There's it's, no, it's sugar there's no water. fancy it's, posh sugar. Yeah. No. It's sugar. It's <laughs> I'm surprised there isn't water. artisanal sugar it's, yet. I mean, oh, no, I'm there sure is. There I mean, is. I have these fancy salts that a friend of mine got me off Etsy called yeah. unicorn salt. Oh, wow. And I don't know how expensive it is, but it's good. Goes good on everything. Is it and every color? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's like just got like a slightly different flavor. There's something into it. And then it, there's a campfire one. It's kind of got like smoky. Okay. Uh, so I guess if there's artisanal salt, there's, there's probably, probably artisanal, artisanal sugar. sugar. As well. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I feel like there was probably artisanal sugar before. There was because there's like all different colored sugars for cakes. That's right? right. Yeah. So you can get one of those. You can get like pink sugar. So. Pink, yeah. Put some pink sugar in the Put Cosmo. some pink sugar in the... That's I mean, perfect. put it on the rim. Put it on the rim. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> now, see? Now we we're talking. We got a new drink. Pink Cosmo, pink sugar rim. Stuart, Extra you ready sweet. for that? Um, <laughs> and I also... I also, if somebody asks me for a Cosmo, but in like a rocks glass, um, I've, I'm of two minds. Number one, I get it because I don't want to spill and I'm kind of clumsy. Sure. But if you're asking because you don't want anybody to like see you holding it, then sorry, you got to... Glasses don't have genders. Yeah, you got like it. I used to get that exactly. all the time. At exactly. I, can I have that in a man's glass? Mm. I'm like, glasses don't have genders, buddy. Yeah. Like this, it, they, that's the drink you ordered. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's how it comes. But I understand, but like some people like martinis in a yeah. rocks in a, yeah. in a rocks glass. 
It's just a big glass of vodka, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> but I like I I'm kind of a when I order a martini, I like like I like the presentation. I uh-huh. like it in the traditional in the martini, martini glass. glass. Yeah. yeah, or a coupe. I do enjoy yeah. a coupe glass. I see. I like a I like a rocks glass because I don't like to spill it. Oh yeah, and I, I, I and I also like it to stay cold, so I don't care if it gets a little watered down. No, I'm a definitely. I, I like my martinis shaken. I like. I, yeah. I'm a shaken guy, even though I know that's not. I think that's uh, against the it, rules, or it's a, a faux pas. Currently, I suppose. yeah. The, the rules, you know, when you're doing this long enough, the rules change, right? Oh yeah, and I'm a contrarian, like <laughs> born in the blood. Like that's another thing. Like one of the things with like why I'm a big fan of like when people ask what your specialties are, like do I would say daiquiris and margaritas. Mm. It's why I like tiki culture because there was a big movement towards bourbon, uh-huh. and there's people I know where the only drink they like is bitter. It's uh-huh. either, and that, not the old fashioned bitter, but stuff like the Boulevardier or the Negroni. It's all mm-hmm. just variations on bitter. And I, I understand it's kind of hot, it's popular. Uh-huh. So I always have to go against the grain a little bit. And I was like, well, I'm going to lean into margaritas and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Blue, smoky drinks. Yeah. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I I'm impressed with stuff like that, but that's not stuff that I'm interested mm-hmm. in doing. I like very simple. Like I, we, we had a bartender who had a drink that it felt like if you looked at all the ingredients, it was like, you were just doing this to have all these ingredients. None of this, <laughs> none of this really makes sense to me. You like to like grab a bunch like of different stuff. Doing this and, the peop- and you know, you know, that's some too much. people who are, you know, service, they're just like, Oh my God, what's he making there? And it's like, it's essentially a vodka cranberry, but it's got a bunch of extra shit in it. <laughs> and they're still, as impressed as they are, they're still going to tip a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> whether whether he handed them a Miller That's High true. Life or that drink that had 11 ingredients. Although I've noticed that $2 seems to have become the more industry it's standard. About fucking time. For, for tips, I see, which is about weird. I mean, fucking time. I think for cocktails, too, is appropriate. I think At least. for a beer, $1 is, I've never had a problem with a dollar a beer. My problem with a dollar a beer is that a dollar a beer was appropriate in 1990 <laughs> when I started bartending, <laughs> and a dollar a beer is appropriate and it still hasn't now, yeah. and it still hasn't changed, and rent has at least tripled. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a large, that's a larger problem so, at hand. Yeah, you know what kind of, you know what tip I hate the most? The eight dollar tip. Why not just give 10? me the extra two? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you going to do with that two dollars? That's like that. You want to talk about like a microaggression, like stuff that just my. <laughs> This makes me mad. Like, how are you gonna be mad about somebody giving you eight dollars? Right? It's like because it should have been ten. Because anytime I've thought about like if you do the appropriate calculation, it's like you uh-huh. eight dollars. I'm like, I always say to my, oh fuck it, just give them the other two. Yeah, make their day. Yeah, you know, and you, wouldn't you rather see that? Um, do people use cash in in this town, or is it a, a so mostly here, credit card? Here's town. a thing that I found out is a very Chicago thing at a bar to leave the pile of cash on the bar. Yeah, that used to be a New York thing. You know, take it as you go. Mm-hmm. But my friend in L.A. told me that when he first went out there, somebody told him, don't do that because someone will come up and just <laughs> take all your money. Like, what? Like, it just, and run away with it. So, you know, a lot of buyers want to do strictly cash because mm-hmm. you can... You know, yeah, uh, you it's know, just tax better. Tax man ain't going to... Let's not get into details. No. There. But our bar does take credit cards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way we do it, we start, people start tabs. Uh-huh. And they don't even care. They just spend, spend, spend. Really? And I like that. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah. And what we do is we take their card, swipe it through, give it back to them. So okay, you don't even so have to worry about to people forgetting it. it. Uh, how many times people, uh, you know, call 
back. Uh, did you give me my card? Uh, I think I forgot my card. No, we gave it no, back to you. Back and to it, you. Oh, it's behind every other <laughs> card. Or, you know, the classic, you know, when you do have, uh, I never worked at a bar like this where you had, you know, the, 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 with the, the, the cup full of cards. Uh-huh. But it's, uh, I have a tab. It's a blue chase card. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, they're all blue chase. Yeah, they're, they're all blue, blue chase cards. They're all blue chase kid. cards. Yeah. <laughs> or I like when people give you, when they start a tab and they give you your fir- their first name, like Mike, I'm like, yeah, there's six my- of them in here right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I miss the pile. When I first started bartending, there was barely any credit cards, and it was all a pile. And then if it was like a group of blue collar guys, it was one pile. Yep. And then they would all come in and put up a twenty. And then when it got down, they would all put up another twenty. And um, you know, you just you would just um, when their drink was empty, you would just give them a new one and take it out of the pile. Like no conversation needed to be oh, had. Oh yeah, perfect. You'd no, just, yeah. Just keep going, and then more people need to learn to be able to sit in a bar. And play on their phone and enjoy the <laughs> silence for a minute. Yeah, like because like I, I work some afternoon shifts and you. Yeah, your story reminded me of this. I'm sure you've done dealt with this in the afternoons. Like you open up at three o'clock, uh-huh. yeah, and it's always some you know, it's always some older white dude walks uh-huh. in. Hey, where is everybody? You know, <laughs> uh, we just opened the door. Did you see a door. line it outside? Three, it is three o'clock. Like just <laughs> they're, sit they're down working. and enjoy yourself. Like, yeah. just by yourself. Just take some time. <laughs> Uh, people, people give me and Ashley because we're always tweeting about that. Like, why does that bother you guys so much? Like, I don't know. It's just it's on the list. Where is everybody? There was a video going around about things that annoy bartenders. People, things that people say that annoy uh-huh. bartenders, and a lot of people in the comments are like, "Well, I don't understand. They're just trying to make small talk." And I'm like, "No, they're being annoying." There's <laughs> like, even though we do, like, there's countless things in this world we can talk about. Like, mm-hmm. why do you why have to ask me? Oh, what's that? It's vodka. What's that you're making there? It's a vodka cranberry. It's like, it's nothing fancy. I understand you want to chat, but there's like countless things you can ask me instead of, you know, where is everybody? Yeah. Or when does this place get busy? <laughs> yes. Oh, as soon as you leave. <laughs> I feel like when does this place get busy is code for, I want to harass some women and oh. I don't see any. <laughs> I wonder, the, my favorite story is about Rock because Rock Island Public House, something that Dave and Jen, when they opened, they wanted to make it a place where women felt Comfortable to yeah. go to by themselves. Yeah, and we've. we've you know, I we, say that at all my interviews. <laughs> yeah. When I interview someone, I say this is a place where women can come by themselves. And uh, <laughs> for the most part, we are. I mean, yeah. you get a couple ding dongs in there. Of most, course. And we, unfortunately, most of them are regulars, you know, but they're yeah. harmless. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, usually, it'll be a girl on. I'm like, don't worry about him. He's fine. <laughs> but like, what, what, <laughs> this girl Chloe comes in for the first time. I never uh-huh. met her before, but she's wearing a beret and she's reading Raymond Chandler. I'm like. I got to talk to this chick. Like, who is this? <laughs> I talked to her, and she's like, oh, you know what? We were friends on Instagram. I wanted to come check the bar out. I'm like, oh, great. Uh-huh. You know, welcome. It's a Saturday. I was like, isn't it great that an attractive young lady like yourself can sit here and just read Raymond Chandler and drink an old-fashioned on a Saturday yeah. night on the South Side? And it was almost like I willed it to existence uh-huh. because <laughs> on both sides of her, <laughs> two guys just start <laughs> trying to holler at hey, her. Hey, little lady. Oh, my God. And she says, he goes, what the one guy, reading? he was real pleasant, but he, he, he says, the fifth time he asked me what book I was reading, I was like, he's drunk. I can't deal with him. <laughs> but yeah, we don't deal with that too much. And uh, you got to go if you're, yep. if, you, if, you're truly, if you're truly harassing somebody. Because there's this thin line because bars are where people go to meet people. Yes, of course. like, Chloe, she was, my friend Chloe, she was reading that book, but mm-hmm. she was happy to talk to anybody. Yeah, I mean, otherwise she to. would read in her house, yeah. right? Because you, you go out, like, there was a, did you see that Twitter thread where the guy mm. 
got off about, he got real mad because about people reading books. No. In bars. Well, he, Tell he, me about he, it. He, <laughs> he got, he got ratioed. He got, he got, he got, he got hollered at like saying like, you, nobody's impressed with you reading the book at a bar. <laughs> and now to be fair, in my 20s, I might uh, have thought that too. Like, who are you impressed and reading at the bar? Uh-huh. But now I'm 42. I understand like, well, if I'm at home, I'm not going to concentrate. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to go to a library. Yeah. I don't want to sit in a coffee shop. Like, of course, I'll go to a bar and pull a book out or a magazine. Yeah. You know, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just want to be around people, but you also want to read a book. <laughs> oh, and I remember before I worked at Rock Island Public House, that was my spot. Mm-hmm. I would come there after Chili's. And I would want to come and sit and play on my phone and, you know, decompress before I went home. Mm-hmm. And I sat and I came in there. But my problem was because that was my local, everybody knew me there. Yeah. So I'm sitting there trying to play on my phone and these two guys... I think it might have been the same two dudes who were <laughs> bothering uh, Chloe. You know, come and sit next to me, and they're just talking. You can tell it's like, well, uh, we've bothered each other enough. We have nothing yeah. to do with each other. Let's go bother Mike. And the guy gets mad. He's like, "What are you doing? Sitting here on your phone?" And I just looked at. I go, "Guys, I did not invite either one of you to come over here and talk to me." <laughs> oh, I'm like yeah, I'll talk to you in an hour, but let me fucking do this for a minute. Um, a lot of the bartenders in my neighborhood would go hang out at the Buffalo Wild Wings because sure. we knew that none of our regulars would be there. Perfect. Inexpensive beers. Yeah, so that's where you go to the Buffalo Wild Wings at? It's in the Atlantic Center. Okay. In, the, uh, in like the mall, the like crazy mall. Um, Is that like uh, Manhattan? No, it's in yeah. Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn? It's where, the, it's where the Nets play. Okay. Oh, all right. There yeah. you go. All right. Um, I believe there was just a shooting there. <laughs> uh, now that sounds like Chicago. That's yeah. ours. You guys can't have that. I mean, I think we all have shootings now. Yeah, good old fashioned street yeah. violence. That's we. Yeah. That's ours now. You guys had uh, enough of that. In I the mean, 70s, t- you right? can have it. Yeah. We fine. You do have a great all... subway system out there, though. Yeah. I don't yeah. do. Yeah. I don't take a lot of public. Tra- I drive, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't take a lot of public transportation in Chicago. But I got the knack of the. I was in New York for like a week. I got the, the handle of the, uh, of the, the subway. subway pretty easily. Yeah, I think I'm going to take uh, the L, right? That's what you guys yeah. call your... We're going we're gonna to take a little train ride. Where are you going to go? Um, I don't know, but after watching so many seasons of ER and they're always getting off the train, I oh, feel yeah. like maybe it's time. The red line is the wildest part of Chicago. But mm-hmm. I did a Twitter thread that took off, like what was the most Chicago thing that happened to me and all the mm-hmm. wildest shit like literal like, shit too. Like, like people wild, take like, defecating on the uh, okay. I, train. That's, I don't need to see that. Yeah, I've, that's I've the been on a line. New York subway. The blue line is that. kind of the north side train. Like those are kind of the two big ones. Brown line takes you around the loop. It takes the brown line to work, but the red line is the wild. <laughs> red line is probably the wildest. All right. the, so no red, red line. line is, red line is the wildest club in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. Um, you got to go to Delilah's. That's Delilah's? where you got to go. Delilah's okay. is a uh, is this, uh, whiskey bar. But it's also the punk rock bar. Where is so it? So kind of uh, Lincoln Park. Okay. Yeah. One Stuart, of the, we got to go to Delilah's. One of the last, like, you know, tolerable places in Lincoln Park. What, what makes say. it tolerable? It's because it's cool. It's cool. Okay. It's still cool. Like, despite and Lincoln Park a, is not cool? No, it's very kind of uh, white bread. Got expensive. It. Just expensive, 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 expensive. Is it yeah. like it got expensive or it was It always kind of was. Okay. It always kind of was. And like Logan Square was, uh, Logan Square's one of these areas, Logan Square's got a lot of cool stuff, but it's just, it's not what it used to be because it got mm-hmm. gentrified, but that's why there's like that's why there's cool stuff, stuff in there. You know? No, but, there's such a fine line. Yeah. I mean, I like, <laughs> oh yeah, I like, I like that stuff. I like going to nice restaurants and, yeah, you know, yeah. cool, cool bars and stuff too, but oh man, like I, I, you can't, nobody can afford to live. Yeah. Here. Although yeah. people say, you know, especially from New York or LA, they see the Chicago prices, which I think are 
too much money, but they're uh, like, oh, no, this is, this is affordable. We'd be good here. We haven't been anywhere affordable yet. <laughs> in Chicago or well, New York? In Chicago. <laughs> I mean, we've only been to the hotel and we saw uh, a Chicago Broadway show last night. What'd you go see? Uh, we saw Six. Oh. And uh, is it called Chicago Broadway or is it just called? I think it's just called just Broadway. I, I don't know. Is I, it? I, maybe. Okay. I never but thought about it that much. But you, you would be like, I'm going to see a Broadway show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what to yeah, call it. Yeah, I think it. that's what you'd say, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you got, you got your real Broadway in New York, yeah. so you have to differentiate, I understand. The seats are, like, slightly bigger here, which yeah. is nice. That's because <laughs> all the polo sausage and uh, everything that we eat out here. All the polo sausage <laughs> and Italian beefs and hot dogs, yeah. We like our big greasy food, yeah, Giordano's. <laughs> um, all right, do we have anything else? Should we promote stuff and wrap it up, or do you got any more? I, you got any? I got any more questions? Do I, mean, I have I, questions. I know, right? Like, uh, I think I we talked about Chili's. We talked about Rock Island Public House. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just I, 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 I guess I'll say like I love Tender Bar. Like, I, like we, we kind of talk, we touch on that how mm-hmm. some people see it as a last resort, yeah. but like I always wanted to do it, and I think for the first time in my life, I'm actually kind of making some real money doing that's it too, awesome. which is nice, right? Yeah. yeah. It's good to do something you love. Well, that's I follow these people on Twitter all day that seem to like just hate their day jobs and they want to do something else. And uh, Rock and Public House is the best job I ever had. Oh, so right. I are they hiring? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. We never are. Our turnover rate is zero. Wow, we've, that's, we've that's lost, great. Like, we've, three people have left, mm-hmm. but that's over the course of 10 years. Like everybody wow. just holds on. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and it's great because it's a great staff. And Jen and Dave are two of the best bosses I ever had. You know, pain in the ass like everybody else. They're, <laughs> they're still your bosses, yeah. but they're, they're your friends too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're the best. They kind of, like, Dave always encouraged you to have ownership over your shift. Like when you're running a bar, this uh-huh. is your bar. You kick out who you need to kick out. Yeah. You promote it how you want to promote it. You know, you got an idea for an event, come talk to me. We'll make this happen. Sounds like I would get along really well with these people. Uh, no, you would. No, you, you'll, you'll, <laughs> have you'll, you'll, have get, you'll have to get Dave and Jen on the show. Maybe. Sometime. Yeah. You have to do that in person, though. Dave don't know how to work Zoom and all that shit. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't like to do Zoom anyway. Oh, I, Zoom, I didn't like it either, but like everybody else, I had to learn how to use it oh, yeah. during the pandemic. And now, like, with podcasting, that's the only way I'll do it. Okay. I mean, this is actually a nice change of pace to yeah, actually yeah. sit down. But, like, the Halloweenies podcast that I do, we always made it a point to get in a room with each other. Uh-huh. But then we couldn't. And now we only do Zoom because it's just easier because if everybody lives all over the city, yeah. you get in front of the computer, you have your notes, and you still get that energy. Yeah. I was always worried about that, about not getting the in-person energy when you do something on I Zoom. I feel like most of the bartenders that I know never really... We never really had to Zoom because we all actually had to go to work. So we never really did the Zoom thing. So a lot of the bartenders are not as familiar with Zoom as the rest of the world. (laughs) Because while everybody was home doing Zoom, we were actually out in the street, you know, unless you have a podcast. Sure, absolutely. Um, And I did, I had one person on my show. I would have never learned how to use it. (laughs) I had one person on my show that is a, a corporate um, like came up as a bar manager and um, he's been, you know, doing Zoom meetings for two years now. And for the first half, I could tell he felt like he was in a Zoom meeting. Right. And I was like, you got to loosen up. Drink that drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, let's promote all of your podcasts. Yes. Okay. Let me run down the list. So I talk about the Halloweenies on the Bloody Disgusting Network. That's where we do a horror franchise a year. We're currently doing the Evil Dead Okay. Uh, then I've got... Windy City Double Feature Picture Show podcast, where we, uh, my co-host and I, Adam, we do a 
We pick a double feature that played around Chicagoland. Okay. From the, from the 40s on. Okay. The double feature kind of petered out in the early 80s when our theater district, the movie theater district kind of got gentrified, got cleaned up. Okay. We give history of the theater, what else was going on in Chicago on that date. It's just kind of a fun history podcast. And then I've got Playboy, the Playboy one, the centerfold, the history. It's not a history of Playboy. It's like me and my co-host, Tafeta, we uh, take an old issue of Playboy. We read it, we look at the ads, and we just talk about it. Okay. I know. To, oh, doing a visual-oriented podcast is weird, so we yeah. try to encourage people. Like, we try to figure out which one we're doing so we can say, hey, if you want to play along at home, order this old Playboy old off play- of uh, Etsy, which you can usually get them for, like, a couple of bucks. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, we're working on, we haven't had time to get together, but we're doing uh, the Madonna one from 85. It should be a fun one. Oh, wow. And then my newest podcast is Cheap Tracks, A History of Cheap Tricks, Song by Song. Me and my <laughs> co-host, Chris, we, every week we do it, or every two weeks we pick a Cheap Trick song, we get into the nitty-gritty, where it was recorded, what was going on with the band at the time, uh, what album's it on, like, where can you find it? And that one's been a lot of fun, too. Wow, you have a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I, like, I, like I don't have enough time on my hands, right? <laughs> well, I'd be, I'm, I'm miserable if I'm miserable I don't have anything going on, and I'm uh-huh. miserable if I have too much stuff going on. Yeah. So like, you were talking, we were talking about scheduling this podcast, you know, like, I understand that, because it feels <laughs> like every week I'm, I say, oh, I'm going to get ahead of myself, and then mm-hmm. I'm still, like, we're recording a Halloweenies this Saturday morning, and I'll be doing the notes Friday night. Yes. So we make a little bit of money doing that. Okay. Like, I want, it's like you treat it like a job. Yeah, I, like, yeah. You treat your shit like I'm going to, well, people are Patreon, you know, sending us money uh-huh. on Patreon to do this. I better do my notes and I better know about Larry Cohen's stuff when yeah. I go into, <laughs> when po- I go so into that. So far this podcast only cost me money, but one day. That's, no, <laughs> it'd be, it's like, it's like I've been, I was in bands throughout my 20s. Mm-hmm. All I do, like people are like, how much do you want for these stickers? I'm like, guys, I just give this shit away. Like uh-huh. nobody's, nobody's going to buy these, but People take them, and people will throw away a business card, but they'll never throw away a sticker no, or a button. I don't throw away a sticker. I, I also don't usually stick it on anything because I'm like, this is precious. I Where am I going to put this? I right? can't ruin yeah. it. But well, with maybe my I'll stuff, put it don't worry. Luggage. If you want more, if you want more, I got them. <laughs> Get them out of my house. Get them out of the basement. <laughs> Just stacks of fucking buttons and pins and shit. Um, okay, I got to promote my stuff. So we got Minnie's Bar, Hinterland's Bar. Uh, my husband Stewart's podcast, The Flop House. And then we got to thank my producer, Alex Smith. And we got to talk about his podcast, which is. Everybody truly does have a podcast. I know. Podcast, huh? Which is Hal Dottie's Fast Tracks, <laughs> which I was on and Stewart was just on again. Oh, and I was on that too because I did the ooh oohs. I guess thank you that's for having it. me. This was Thanks a blast. We should do this here. again. Yeah, next time. Now we're come in out Chicago. to New York. That would be awesome. I want to come. I got to check out your bars because I didn't make it. To, uh, they've been around. How long have they been around for? Um, Charlene's is twelve. Hinterlands is six, and Minnie's is three. How to double check my records? I don't think I made it to any of them. I if mean, you were in Williamsburg, you probably didn't yeah. venture well, I was to... all over, though. I was in Manhattan. I was in... The uh-huh. only, I didn't get... I saved, I saved Coney Island for the next time. Oh, awesome. Because I was looking at it, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a that's whole thing. That's a whole day. other thing. Like, yeah. I, I forget how big New York is, <laughs> you know. Yes, But I had a great huge. time. I've been, I've been wanting to get back out there because I had such a good time. And I'm going to have to check out... Um, your bar. Rock Island Public House. <laughs> Rock Island in Public Blue Island, House Illinois. in Blue Island, Illinois. Oh, you guys would love it. Um. <laughs> you guys would love it. Everybody says, because like I talked about that neighborhood, Logan Square, mm-hmm. where everything's kind of gentrified. Like everybody who comes down to our bar says, if this place was in Logan Square, it'd be busy every night, uh-huh. but it wouldn't be this bar anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because it'd just be filled with a bunch of, uh, you know, 
I hate using the term, but like hipster jackoffs. <laughs> the official term, hipster yeah. jackoffs. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great. Thank you it for was wonderful me. to blast. meet you. Yeah, wonderful to meet you. Um, this has been I Know the Owner podcast. I'm Charlene Wellington. Thank you to my guest, Mike Vanderbilt. Mike Vanderbilt. Um, bye. I know the owner.